Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our podcast today, episode 143. Michelle Marquardt DeVoe is talking about Clifton strengths. Our good friend, Dr. Shannon Coates, is going to talk to us about the curse of knowledge. Social media expert Karen Michaels is talking all about Pinterest and how you can use it in many different ways as a business asset. And I'm going to be finishing up the podcast today with following up with your students after a recital. Business, vocal pedagogy, and studio best practices right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, friend and colleague. Thank you and welcome to our podcast episode, episode 143. Ooh, it's such a good show. I have my expert guests bringing some very important information that will intrigue you and inspire you and make you go, hmm, with the thinking emoji face. That's what it's going to do. I'm also going to be talking today about something that I think is incredibly important, which is following up with students after a recital. I call it post-recital regrets. A lot of our students and their families have them, and I'm going to tell you how you can help alleviate some of their fears and their worries. So great show today. Now, before I invite my incredible guests onto the show, I do have an announcement to make. This episode will be our last episode of season five. We're wrapping things up a little bit early, and apologies if that was a little abrupt, but I have some exciting news. My family and the Full Voice offices are relocating. We are moving to Nova Scotia. We are so excited. So the next time I sign on in the fall of 2021, I'm going to be signing on from Hemford Forest, Nova Scotia. We have a beautiful little place out in the more rural, close enough to Bridgewater that we can still um, uh, hopefully order sushi. But anyhow, (laughs) uh, we're really excited. Uh, Full disclosure, moving during a pandemic. And my heart goes out to any of you that have made big changes or big moves during this crazy time. It's been a little, it's been a little unnerving. We're still actually waiting for uh, lockdowns to lift here in Canada before we are are able to travel. And um, we are watching all the news, uh, the news conferences very, very eagerly. So big uh, virtual hugs uh, and, and well wishes are, are, Uh, welcome during this time. So this will be our last episode for season five. Season six, oh my goodness, friends, it is going to be amazing. Again, I have an amazing lineup of experts who are not only experts in specialties like website, branding, business, social media, all of that stuff, but they're also seasoned voice teachers. They are in our industry. And I think that for my show, that is super important. I want people that know the fine nuances of our business to be telling you uh, about business-related things. So I'm I'm super excited. So our sixth season will get started late August 2021. And um, if you haven't already, I want you to find and follow the Full Voice Podcast on Instagram. We share clips from our show. We share upcoming notices. We're going to share a little um, uh, rollout to the season six on there. And I hope that you will uh, find and follow us so that you can stay in touch. Now, let's get to our amazing guests. And as always, I'm thrilled. My good friend, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, uh, not only is a dear friend, but she is my business coach, and I have trusted her with my studio business and with the full voice business. And she has served me so well and has been such an ally and truly caring human being. And I am absolutely thrilled that she has been a regular expert guest on our podcast this past year. If you are looking for business 
support. If you know that your teaching skills are doing great, but you need to put on a different cap to run your business, I want you to go back and check some of the podcasts that we did with Michelle, or better yet, reach out. All of our guests, if you go into the show notes, you will find ways that you can find and follow them and reach out if you are ready to engage in a more personal relationship with them um, and really up your skills. So without further ado, I introduce my good friend, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, my friend, my sister from another mister. You know, we did write a theme, we wrote a theme song. I, I don't know where it is. We recorded it one day. It was hilarious. We didn't send it to you. Why did you not send this I to don't me? Know. Well, we do some things in the studio sometimes to entertain ourselves. And uh, that might have been one of them. I have to dig it out. And then it'll be the theme for our segments. Um, Does it sound like, do we sound like superheroes? It's like Is a it 70s superhero groove. music. It's like 70s groovy. <gasps> even better. Yeah. Uh, okay, I I'll love it. it. I can't I'll, wait to hear it. I'll find it. Um, that and and little songs about unicorns. That's what we're all about here at Full Voice. By the way, I love. Can you just send my kudos to Donna because that thing, the pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> it, I love it. I love it. And I, we, love I just it. I love I, it. I just got an email from one of my one of our colleagues over from the Isle of Man, which is a teeny <gasps> tiny little island off of um, the UK. And I she, love it. she made her adult choir sing it as their warm up. <laughs> um, and they loved it. And I'm like, shout okay. out to that person because that's balls, Right? I know. I love um, it. Now, I, we have a, I, I this is a kind of a self-indulgent, segment with you because I want to know all about this which and I'm hoping that my listeners will also enjoy this information but we're talking about Clifton strengths yes I keep hearing all about it you know where these are my Clifton strengths and people are listing it and and of course I have like like FOMO it's like well I'm missing out on something you are I am so okay what are Clifton strengths? Why why is this a very important business thing? Okay, so the Clifton strengths is an assessment mm-hmm. that was developed by Don Clifton about 60 years ago from oh. the perspective of positive psychology. And what Don Clifton did is he asked the question, what makes successful people successful? Mm-hmm. Why are they able to get where they are going and do what they do to make them fabulous. And he was shocked and surprised to discover that there was no one secret sauce. Hmm. And that what he did discover through all of his research is that the secret sauce was in people learning to be themselves effectively, efficiently, and powerfully with what they were already good at and already the way their brains were already wired to work. So Mm. in essence, the key to success is to know thyself and leverage thyself rather than trying to come from it from this other perspective, which is check these boxes, do these things, which, um, and then that has grown into an assessment through the Gallup Foundation. You know, Gallup is like research on yep. fleek. Do people say on fleek anymore? <laughs> I just made myself old. Or is it like the side part in the skinny jeans? On okay. fleek is... <laughs> oh, I, I am actually, I have a side part and I'm wearing skinny jeans. Am I cool or not cool? I don't well, know. Me What's too. The, I literally have a side what, part in skinny jeans right now. But we're not cool because so anyway, we're Gen X, right? What's that? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm a zenial. Mm. A zenial is that little five-year period. I think you're one too. Am I? Like 1977 to 82. No, I'm 70. I did not know that. You're older than me. 
Oh gosh, right on our podcast. You're you're calling me out as old. <laughs> and I said older than me. <laughs> yes, so 1970. Don't anybody out there do the math. Nope, no maths. Anyway, Clifton Strengths would say. <laughs> so Clifton Strengths is an assessment that then for the next 60, 70 years, Gallup has put their weight and their research capabilities and their excellence in study Ooh. behind it to develop and continually, by the way, which is one of the reasons why I love Clifton Strengths so much, is they are continuing to do the research wow. on what makes us tick and be successful. Mm -hmm. And what they now have discovered is that there are 34 what we call themes mm. or talents that show up over and over and over again in humanity. And this is all sorts of humanity. It's not just kind of Western humanity or white humanity. They very much look at demographic, country. They even change language to communicate properly with different cultures. Wow. I love, this is my favorite assessment. So um, th these 34 themes and you go online, you take an assessment and it's designed to draw out from you based on like two statements mm -hmm. and you pick the statement that more aligns with you okay. and you do it just through your natural time and through your, you know, you have to do it quickly they don't want you to like spend 20 every every uh, message is timed so that right. you go with your gut kind of thing gotcha. and then at the end it shows you the theme that the the top themes mm -hmm. that you lead with wow so i think a th one of the things that i wish clifton strange would be a little bit better about is clarifying that the talent themes that come out in your assessment when you get your assessment are merely just talent themes mm -hmm. and they're not strengths yet. <laughs> so I think Ooh. because it's called Clifton Strengths, people assume, oh, this is what I'm already good at and this is what I'm already, this is already a strength. Mm. But the whole point of the Clifton Strengths assessment and then the coaching that you can get to go with it and the mm -hmm. resources that go with it are taking these themes, which are motivators in how you work, motivators in how you think, ways that you come to the world, and then applying skill, applying knowledge, applying research to make them strengths. This is, I just, I just love this. I love this so much that I have recently become a certified Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach. Oh, how fun. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a process. Mm-hmm. And, and was quite an investment, but mm -hmm. this is how much I believe in this assessment. And it's different than, you know, it's funny because I have another coach friend and she says, no assessment is anything more than a Disney princess quiz <laughs> until, wow. you, until you really do the work to figure out how it applies to you and mm -hmm. how it's going to change how you walk in the world. Wow. And I think all the chatter that you hear, Nikki, in Speakeasy, I have I require Clifton Strengths in my top, my two top level programs. Mm -hmm. So the How to Run Your Voice Biz Without Hating Your Boss Accelerator, by the way, totally different program. I blew up the 10-week program. We can talk about that if you want. Mm -hmm. And then my VIP room, which is a, a high-level mastermind. So Everyone's got to take Clifton strengths and we do coaching around these strengths. Oh, so when, when someone takes this assessment and they're, how many, how many, how many strengths are they given? Like, do you get like four or five? What do they do? How does it work? Oh, so you can pay for either the top five. Okay. Because digging into your top five first is usually pretty helpful. Yes. Or you can pay to get your entire 34, which is. Wow all lined up from one to 34, mm. um, you will not take the assessment again. Basically what they do is you take the assessment, they figure out all 34 and they'll either give you just the top five or you I have see. paid to get the whole report. And gotcha. you can do this in steps, right? Um, I know that I did it when I first did it, I did it in steps because I was like, I don't want to be overwhelmed by all the things. Sure. I just want to focus on my top five strengths. And so I purchased the top five code. Mm -hmm. It was like 20 bucks. Okay. I got the top five. I learned about those strengths. I learned about those themes and I, 
learned where they were holding me back and mm. where they were becoming weaknesses. So um, with Clifton strengths, weaknesses are not the things at the bottom of the list. That's not how it works. Mm. Anything can be a weakness. So your number one talent theme can be your weakness if it's being misused God. or not being leveraged well. Mm. Um, so I start with the top five and then I just paid the extra 30 bucks or whatever to get the full, the rest of it. Right. But you can just pay, I think it's $50. That's right. it. $50 to have what's, access to change your life. What's the website for this? It is, well, you go to gallup.com. Okay. And then it's one of those gallup.com slash Clifton Strains type situation. I can get you this for the I'll put notes. this in the show notes. Yes. So if anybody's interested in looking into that. Yeah. So, uh, did that answer the question? It did. It did. Okay. So this isn't like, okay, so I guess it was maybe a couple of years ago, everybody mm -hmm. was doing the personality trait things, you know, mm -hmm. where you're an yep. extrovert, introvert and what, how you, all of that That's stuff. the Myers-Briggs. The yeah. Myers-Briggs. Thank you. Yes. So mm -hmm. everybody did the Myers-Briggs and I would like everybody to know the Myers-Briggs with the Harry Potter characters. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was very upsetting I because I'm apparently Lord Voldemort in the Myers-Briggs of the Harry Potter world. So there you are. Um, but it's different from that, right? We're not we're not dealing with the same categories. No, 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 no. Not okay. at all. So it's interesting. That. I'm not going to speak to Myers-Briggs because I it was so long ago that I studied Myers-Briggs. I do know mm -hmm. my Myers-Briggs. I used to use that as an assessment. Incidentally, in grad school... Mm. We had to take like all these personality tests in the mm. school of psychology. I was in a theology school, but it had the school of psychology attached, but they made all of the people who are going um, into with a theology or divinity degree. You had to take all these personality tests. Really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And um, I mean, they're trying to vet to make sure like a yo-yo doesn't become <laughs> in charge of a lot of people. Right. I mean, for good, good or for good ill. Point. My my particular seminary did that. Not all seminaries do that, but we'll leave that to right. talk about not today. Um, so this is much different because, first of all, I think it's much more thorough. Mm -hmm. Second of all, it is, again, based on positive psychology, mm. which is a concept in the psychological world. Growth, it assumes that people can grow and change. Mm. And it assumes that how people come out of their mama is fabulous and wonderful and just needs to be nourished, mm. given skill, given opportunity, and leveraged. I like that. That, that to me seems like... Uh, helpful for someone who might be anxious about discovering more things about themselves. Do you ever have people that go through the Clifton strengths and are unhappy with the results they are given? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. All the time. All right. Because it is very, <laughs> Oh, I could go off on this. So what, what will happen is you'll get your, you'll get your report mm -hmm. and you'll download it and you'll start to read through it. And you will be confronted mm. because you will see things that you go, that's not me. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't see that. Right. At the same time that you're seeing other things that are like, oh, wow, hmm. that is a hundred percent me. At the same time that you're going to feel the cognitive dissonance of mm. That is me and I don't like it. And I have been taught that I'm not allowed to be like that. Oh, ow. I have one of, so my number four is significance. And this strength is a strength that I have wrestled with since my youth. Mm. Since my youth, because the stories, I didn't know that I had significance until several years ago. But the story that I was always told in my life was, you are not humble. You are, you want to be important and that's bad. Ooh. 
you are, and this is not, this is not like just my parents. This is like culture, like society. Mm. You are too loud. Mm. You're making waves and you want change. And that's not good. Mm. You care too much about other people's results. You care too much about being seen. All of these negative, negative, negative things. So when I was learning about significance, I was like so many tears, so many tears. Mm. You know, and but it also explains so much. Right. And learning to embrace that it's very likely that I am very quick and ready to have insights into who is and who is not fond of me. Like I can tell right away if someone does not like me. Right. Being held in high regard is really important to me. Mm. And being able to say that out loud, Mickey, took like 18 months of work because in my story, that's not okay. It's not okay for you want to, for you to want to be liked. And yet this superpower that I have, for example, of significance is that I can do important things that make a difference Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that when I am driven to create important things, I create impact. I, I love what you're saying here. Do you think it's important for somebody, you know, not to just go to the Clifton Strength survey and, and do the assessment without some guidance? Like it could be very trigger. Uh, it could cause some, a lot of trauma to come to the surface. If you're not, if you don't have somebody to guide you through all of this. So, I, you know, I don't know what to say to this because I, I mean, I've been using Clifton Strengths in my life for 15 years oh, since, okay. since grad school. Right. And I just became a coach mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I started being coached on it three years ago. Okay. So up until then it was all self-study, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause there's videos out there and there's books you can read that's a- available to the public. So it was really me doing my own work. And it, it's interesting cause I actually, I kind of just ignored significance for a long time. I just ignored it. <laughs> sure. And it wasn't until I started doing the coaching that I got the healing around it. Wow. Okay. Right. That's so that being said, if you are going to take it and not get coached, yes, I believe that it goes hand in hand. You know, the DISC assessment also does this, but they say you're not allowed to even get your results until you schedule to talk with someone. Sorry, what's the so DISC assessment? The DISC is another kind of um, assessment like this that mm-hmm. talks about motivations in the workplace. Okay. So um, something I should say about Clifton Strengths is that it's very much, you can use it as an individual, but it's also very much around teams. One of the reasons, honestly, Nikki, one of the reasons why I got uh, certified in it was because I work with a lot of multi-teacher studio owners. Oh, and you're dealing with all the different personalities and having to manage everybody. Oh, brilliant. And so teams, Mm. right? We... Faith Culture Kiss Studios is a strengths-based organization. We are officially a strengths-based organization. My entire team has taken the Clifton strengths and they know everybody knows everybody else's strengths and we use it as a common language to communicate when, when we need to. We also use it as a tool to say, who is, who is most equipped to do this with joy? Ooh, I like that. That's really interesting because... Because, well, I, we joke around Heidi, my assistant, she, her, our brains work so differently. And we often will be like, this is not something that you should be doing. This is falls more in my wheelhouse. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a great, that's a great uh, idea. Yeah. I don't suggest using Clifton strengths too higher. Right. I think you, I think you, I don't think that's a, a good use of the tool. Mm-hmm. Um, because just because someone has the Clifton strength doesn't mean that they use it well. Mm. You know, just because they have the talent theme doesn't mean they've developed it. Right. right? <laughs> so <laughs> you want to be careful. But after someone is hired, when you know that information and you as the manager 
are educated and competent and have some tools around it, you mm-hmm. can actually help your team members leverage mm-hmm. what they're good at mm-hmm. and leverage their own strengths. So, and what I find in the multi-teacher studio world mm-hmm. is um, there's a lot of people that didn't think about what it meant to be a manager Oh, right. And what it meant to be kind of a CEO before they started this. So again, I mean, there's no harm. Great. Start whatever you want to start. That's fantastic. But at some point, if you're going to be a multi-teacher studio owner, you are signing up for a management administrative position. Mm -hmm. You are not just a teacher. And um, if you choose to continue to teach, you will have some point where the model of you teaching is no longer effective for the company being run. Ooh, okay. So not, not always, of course I'm making gross generalizations here, but anyway, that's one of the reasons why I chose Clifton Strengths because it also works in corporate situations mm. and DISC is another one of those um, mm. assessments that helps in corporate situations. Mm. So to the question, yes, get coached. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested in the assessment and taking it anyway, just understand that if you're unclear on something, getting with a like, don't just throw it away because you're unclear on something and something sure. doesn't align with you or something does align with you and you're not sure what to do with it. Remember that it is it's a process of, a, again, talent themes that show up more readily. And then it's a process of knowledge and skill and development to make them strengths. Wow. Michelle, you always bring incredible tools to uh, our listeners, and I want to thank you. Uh, I'm going to put links in the show notes to the websites where people can find out more information. And again, um, thank you. This is so interesting, and thank you for indulging me because I've always wanted to know a little bit more about Cliff. I love it. And if anyone has questions, reach out to me because this, this tool is a really incredible tool. And I want to, and I know that it helps people thrive, not only in their personal life, Mm. um, but in their business life, in their families, it's a holistic approach to living your best life. I love that. And now I'm going to go do the test and make my husband do it. (laughs) Excellent. And then book a coaching with me. And then I'll be calling you in tears. Have a great day, Nikki. Uh, you too. Have a great day, Michelle. Pedagogy expert Dr. Shannon Coates returns to our podcast. And today we are talking about Curse of the Expert, otherwise known as Curse of Knowledge. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend, my colleague, my pedagogy expert, Shannon Coates, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me back, Nikki. It's always a pleasure. Well, I love what you're doing. You are helping teachers to really level up their teaching game. It's one thing to know all the things. It's another to share it with another human being. And it is an art form. uh, And uh, it's not... It's not an easy thing to do, so I love that you're out there helping helping teachers really get get uh, their their teaching game up and running. Yes, it's what I love. So <laughs> you're working with teachers from around the world, like what you're doing. These I want to talk before we get into our topic. I want to talk about your uh, pedagogy classes that you're offering. So what's going on in in your in your studio right now? Um, I'm doing a couple of different kinds of classes, and uh, the ones that are sort of coming up are the are sort of two week courses that follow a, a, a pop-up class. Okay. So I'm not sure when this will go to air, but mm-hmm. one of them that is coming up is a pop-up class that is about uh, teaching the child voice. So that's just a 90 minute class. Anybody can come to it. It's just like a download of information mm-hmm. working with the child voice. And then there's a two week kind of intensive that, that, goes with that class. So if you go to the class, you get 
money off of the intensive. And then we work, we work on those concepts really specifically in that class uh, or sorry, in the course, in the two week course. And then, um, we have special guests such as yourself come in to do Q and A's and that kind of thing. So that's, so those topics are happening throughout the year. There's one on neurodiverse voice in the studio. There's one on contemporary voice. There's one on male biological male voice in the studio. There's one on aging voice which is going to be great for choir directors especially I think Um, right so all of those sort of mini topics those are kind of mini courses and uh and then there are other courses as well but those are the ones that are kind of I like I like that you give everybody the opportunity to do a class and get you know kind of their feet wet and then if this is something that they're really wanting to specialize in you can then dive really deeply into into the larger courses yeah Get the, get the application part down. That's the main thing about the course is that there's the opportunity to interact with other people. Um, we, you know, we work through Marco Polo and um, everybody gets to kind of interact and be like, oh, hey, I have a question about this thing. And what are you guys doing for this? And um, yeah, so the resources and it just kind of ups the learning, right? So oh, there's it's one thing to hear the information. It's another thing to really apply it and then to ha- get your questions answered in real time. So oh, I love it. I love it. Well, our topic today uh, is, um, this is, I think, something that affects all of us. Absolutely. So we are talking about the curse of the expert. I know it as curse of knowledge. Oh, yes. I think that might also be the thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I always forget what it's called, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I mean, I've heard it, I've heard it uh, in both ways, like curse of the expert and curse of the knowledge. So we're talking about, so first of all, I would love for you to define it for people who might not be familiar with the, uh, with the term. So this is the thing that happens basically when you have been doing something for such a long time mm. that it's so uh, innate for you that you forget what it feels like to encounter this for the first time. Mm. So a, an example of this one and the the you know something that just happened recently is that I. I've been taking a yoga class online with someone who is really fabulous and I love it. And her classes are at like a really great time for me and she's terrific. So I've been taking her class like four or five times a week since December. Mm -hmm. So this is for like two months now I've been taking her class and I love it. And I learn something every single class and every single class I feel like, oh yes, I got a little better. And like, you know, it's fantastic. And then a week or so, maybe two weeks ago, she said at the beginning of the class, and, and it feels to me like every single class is different. Like mm-hmm. every single class, I'm like, oh my gosh, just learn something and a new flow and a new move. And okay. it's fantastic. So about two weeks ago, she said at the beginning of the class, I'm really sorry, guys, I don't have anything new and, and I hope it's not too boring. And I'm just going to like, if there's anything that you really want to do, let me know, you know, like she's so lovely. And she's just like, I'm really like, she's apologizing mm-hmm. because she's afraid that what she's doing in the class isn't like, you know, isn't exciting and exciting or new enough or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so, of course, I spent the entire class thinking, what is happening right now? Like, what? This is amazing. So that is an example of the curse of knowledge or the curse of the expert where she, because she's been doing it for so long and she does, you know, 15 to 20 classes a week, right? That she's Mm -hmm. leading. So because she's been doing it for so long and for so many times, it feels to her like it's boring and like, Mm -hmm. everybody already must know this. Like how many times do I have to repeat it? And like, and we're just doing these fundamental things and you guys must be so bored. But for us, for me anyway, mm-hmm. I'm learning something every single time and it and it seems brand new to me every single time. So, mm-hmm. and that happens for us in the voice studio, right? It happens in every industry, but it definitely mm-hmm. happens in the voice studio where we start to kind of lose what it feels like to be, to, to encounter the concept of, I don't know, breathing for singing for the first time, right? We forget what it feels like to come across the concept of legato, for example, for the first time, Mm -hmm. right? These, These concepts that we're able to do so easily, like I can almost not demonstrate, um, 
going through a passaggio break right now. Like I, I, I can almost like I'm, I've, I've been doing, you know, uh, transitions through passaggio so easily for so long that I can almost not demonstrate what it looks like, what it sounds like. I can almost not, not do it. Right. <laughs> like sure. it's so, because my, I'm so, I've been doing it for so long that I'm so coordinated to be able to create that, that specific, um, mm-hmm. technical, uh, uh, yeah, technical execution or whatever. I like so, what, I like yeah. when you were saying about the, your teacher, I like the fact that she was humble and apologetic because the other side of curse of knowledge I think is when we yes. get really frustrated and yes. and we try to push our students through materials that they have not mastered and yes. then we get or you know you go into I think there were I think the first time I went into like a Starbucks okay this is a long time ago and I didn't know how to order the grande blah 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 and you know then you have some snarky barista you know like tell you because they're frustrated because you don't know so it yes. happens it can happen in workplaces it can happen in at home with your children <laughs> anywhere right and yeah I mean that's those are the two sides of it for sure right we can lose grace mm. <laughs> for the person because we've forgotten what it feels like or we can be a little bit mad at ourselves because we feel like we're not like giving enough sure. we're not doing enough for the te- for the student right mm-hmm. So in this studio, you know, the, there are a couple, here are a couple of things that I talk to teachers about doing in order to kind of break the curse mm-hmm. <laughs> and to stay in that place of grace for your students. Um, the, the first thing that I talk about is to um, keep uh, reminding yourself of what a concept, for example, like legato actually breaks down to. So what are the actual fundamentals and all of the things that we're actually asking a singer to do within that larger concept? And and remember that if I'm uh, asking you to do, say, consistent breath release, that the singer might actually still be back on inhalation, right? Mm. So it's just like, you know, if I take the yoga example again, I do a downward dog and the, my yoga instructor is giving me the the instruction over and over and over again to like, I don't know, go forward in your hands. Well, I may not be able to go forward in my hands because until like the 400th time she says it, because the 399 times before that, I was trying to figure out what to do with my knees. Right. <laughs> like I was just trying to figure out where my knees were supposed Absolutely. to be, right? Like, yeah. so those those fundamental things, keep remembering what the fundamentals are, what this actually breaks down to. And the fact that you may not, the, the student may not be able to get the higher, the thing that's farther along in the, in the, in the, um, in the rungs that, yeah. it, that you need to do in order to do, to accomplish the task until they've, because their brain may still be back on the fundamental, like literally mm-hmm. back on my inhalation mm-hmm. and still trying to get my inhalation right before they can actually consistently release the breath yeah. in order to create the legato, right? That's a great point. So keep, keep in mind what those fundamentals are. And it's really easy for us to lose track of what those are because it's so easy for us, right? It, it's, it feels like one whole, just like one whole concept rather than it's actually a whole bunch of different um, pieces coming together to create this, this concept. Um, The second thing is to keep all of those little chunks in mind that make up the whole. The second thing is to, um, and I say this to beginning teachers all the time, don't be afraid to be boring. Really, truly do not be afraid to be boring. So we might say, you know, silent inhalation. We might say that 400 times in a week (laughs) because we're teaching you know, 40 people or whatever. We're hopefully not 40, but you know, we're teaching right. a lot of people in the week, right? So, or maybe 40 if you're doing group classes. I don't know. I'm not judging, but the point remains we're, we might be saying this a lot, mm-hmm. but, and so it feels super boring for us, but we've all had that experience where I take this fundamental that you told me to work on last week. I come back maybe we haven't all had this experience. I have personally had this experience where I come back and I feel like I've mastered it. And then my teacher is suddenly moved on to something else where Mm. what I needed is I needed a whole other lesson on that fundamental to make sure that I actually had mastered it. But But for my teacher, it was so boring. Like, 
they've done that 500 times already this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just want to do, just want to do another thing. Yeah. <laughs> or they're afraid that the student is bored, right? They're afraid. And this, this happens with beginning teachers all the time as well, where you, you just get caught up in like, I've got to give the, the, the singer all the things. Oh, Otherwise they're yes. going to be bored or I, I, you know, I want them to progress, but that does also comes back to the remembering what the fundamentals are. So oh, that's a great tip too. Yeah. Keep those two things in mind. And then um, the last one, the last one is something to consider is learn something brand new for yourself. So um, I have never been so aware of um, how, what it feels like to encounter something for the first time is when I took piano lessons as an adult, mm. having already, you know, I already had a had achieved a relatively high level of piano skills, you know, as a teenager or whatever. But then when I went back and took piano lessons as an adult and as an accomplished musician myself, except in another thing. (laughs) So like just even, and even, I think even, you know, watching a show about baking, if you're not a baker or watching a show, you know, like something like that, where you, it just brings back to you, oh, there's like, a lot of stuff I don't know, and and they think that this is easy, mm. and I don't see how this is easy at all. <laughs> right? It kind of just puts you back in that position of encountering something for the for the first time. Mm-hmm. That is such a great tip, and I like I like the idea of, of even just being the student again in something outside of our industry is such a great learning opportunity. Like being the student. And not being the teacher is like the rug is pulled out from under you. And I I don't know about you, but anytime I've taken the the step back and become the student again, I always reflect on, do I do this as a teacher? Gosh, I I hope I'm this this competent in explaining things. And, um, And I certainly appreciate you know, when, when I've been out of my comfort zone, I certainly always appreciated those that were graceful and didn't make you feel like the loser beginner. (laughs) (laughs) And that, like I said, you know, it, it allows you to have grace again, right. It Mm -hmm. allows you to come back to your students and kind of remember, Oh yeah, they're looking at this for the first time. (laughs) They're encountering this kind of coordination for the first time. It's too hard. (laughs) Those are those are great strategies. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you, Shannon? Well, you know, I'm all over Facebook, of course. Um, the Vocal Instrument 101 on Facebook and then um, social media, Instagram, at VoicePed on Instagram. And then my mailing, you know, I send out regular mailing lists. So if you go to shannon-coats.com, that's uh, where you can sign up for a mailing list and all that. Wonderful. I'm going to put links to all of your socials so people can follow you and uh, and uh, participate in all you have to offer. Thank you so much. As always, you are one of our regular experts. We will have you back. But thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Karen Michaels not only is a busy voice teacher, piano teacher, but she is excited and brilliant when it comes to social media. It's always wonderful to welcome Karen back to the show. And today we are talking about Pinterest. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast. My friend, my colleague, uh, social media expert, uh, mom, superhero, Karen Michaels. (laughs) How are you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm great after an introduction like that. Seriously. <laughs> and P.S. right back at you because, oh, mom life, right? Oh, uh, well, your your son's home. My son's home. How old is Sky? He's 13. Oh, see, so Noah's 10. Happening? I know. I know. Um, oh. And uh, for those of you, who, like the behind the scenes, um, we started to record the segment and then my son came in and told told us <laughs> that he was starving to death and I had to pause and we're just going to redo the whole segment. So. <laughs> That's what happened. Of- yeah, that's the behind the scenes here at Full Voice Music is the hungry 10-year-old that is always hungry. <laughs> real, hashtag real life. Real life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Karen, I'm excited. Today we're talking about 
Pinterest. <gasps> and I think I first of all, I love Pinterest for love. like uh, I love it for recipes and for clothing ideas and for like just we were, you know, we're searching for like repair stuff and des- home design stuff. Like it's just it's just a crazy awesome search engine. I love it so much. And you are right on the money. Pinterest is a search engine. It is not a social media platform. Mm. And that is so confusing. And so (laughs) if you just need to think of it like a platform, then please just do so. That's fine. But the truth of the matter is you people go to Pinterest. And what do you do when you get there? You tap the little magnifying glass Mm -hmm. and you search for something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then when you find it, What happens? You find it and then you tap through and then that takes you to an external website. That's right. And that's why we want to be on there. Right? It's true. And and Full Voice is, has a big Pinterest uh, account when we share all of our videos and all of our freebies. And that's how a lot of people do discover us. So it's, it's amazing. A- and I was just looking at your account before we jumped on and we're at 170,000 views this month. Wow. I, I mean... What it was? It, I, <laughs> it was the pretty kitty unicorn. That's what, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so right because what can you do? And you know you you're gonna hear these words over and over as you listen to the to any of my interviews here on the Full Voice podcast, and that's keywords. Mm. And mm-hmm. you used, I mean, you used pretty. You used kitty, you used <laughs> unicorn, uh, I mean, uh, and then you used them all three at the same time. Ay, ay, ay. Gold. That was <laughs> golden. That was glitter and rainbows everywhere. So Incredible. So with, with Pinterest, mm-hmm. um, how, like, for somebody that's not necessarily using it for their business, what, what do they have to do? How does this work? Okay, well, so I would say you can do one of two things. So you can start a Pinterest account for your business Mm -hmm. that is a business account, and then you get um, access to lots of extra things, the analytics, Mm -hmm. the information you get, you get access to things that regular Pinterest users do not have access to that are tools, obviously, and resources to help you Mm -hmm. right now, what you can do, you can take your personal account, turn it into a business account. Mm -hmm. You can make your personal boards secret. Oh, good tip. Yes. And then keep your, you know, voice teacher, fave music sites, fave singers. I have a, I have on mine, I have like a pretty pianos, Mm. um, a whole group of like all the old school piano. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Go look at that board. It's so pretty. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? So you can keep those kinds of things public, but your recipes, you know, you know, your house, renovation things, those can be private. So you can still have one account mm-hmm. if that helps your brain and your mm-hmm. in your psyche and where you're at with social mm-hmm. media. Do that. Just keep the other things that are extraneous though. Keep those boards secret. I have a question for you. So our mm-hmm. our um, technology expert to Kenya Battle, we, we were talking a little while ago about yes. uh, digital libraries. Could you organize a digital library using your Pinterest account? Wow. I bet you could. Mm. I bet you could because if you were, and I'm not sure exactly um, what you mean in, ter- in terms of music or well, in terms like, of videos. Like resources or videos or articles oh. and stuff that you wanted to share with people. Could you use your Pinterest account for that? Absolutely. I mean, what we want to do is we always want to remember and, and that we want to serve our audience. Mm-hmm. And then the selling comes at the end, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you focus on service first, that's also that's also going to make your heart feel better. And I know that, of course, we're voice teachers, we're singers, we're performers, we're piano teachers, we're musicians. Our heart is what leads us first anyway. And so when you serve your client, when you serve the people first. Mm-hmm. And then let them know what they can buy from you second. That's always a great idea. So having a resource board would be absolutely fabulous. Mm, okay. It's a fantastic idea. And the cool thing about Pinterest, they just 
did an update. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know the platforms are always updating. Just remember they do this so that they can be better and better. Don't you try to get better? Don't you add more songs to your arsenal and new vocal techniques and new kinds of warms up, warm-ups, you know, those kinds of things? Mm-hmm. And and the platforms want to do that too. So Pinterest has added stories. Oh, interesting. So now it's it's a it's a beta rollout, so it's a slow rollout so that they do it well because the the people at Pinterest, I have to say, Pinterest has not had a lot of problems because they they are slow rolling out things. Mm. Very careful. So what they've done with stories is you have to request the feature. Okay. Right? And and then they're like as people request, they're doing it a little bit at a time. Mm. So and it's exactly what you think. You can mm-hmm. story one of your boards, you can story one of your pins. Okay. And then that sits on the top of your as you look at Pinterest and as we know, Pinterest is best viewed on a mobile platform on your phone or iPad mm-hmm. or mobile device. So it sits at the top of the feed, just like you're used to. And then you can tap over and watch people's stories. And then just like normal, you can do things with those stories. You can add and um, hashtags, you can add keywords. um, And then, of course, you're driving people to your account. Mm -hmm. And then from your account, you can then um, send people to your website. So just make sure in your descriptions on when you're uploading a pin, Mm. You want to make sure your, your description is keyword rich without being keyword stuffing. Okay. Can you explain that? So keywords, let's Ugh. let's just clarify that. So keywords are the words that are going to help people find our content. But That's it. you still want it to read in a friendly manner. Is that, would that be a good way? Yes, yes, that's perfect. In a friendly, readable manner. So you you don't want to just put voice teacher, voice coaching, singer, singing, sing, Mm. you know, all of that. You want to say, here is a favorite voice teacher resource that I love to use in my music studio. That's okay. That's helpful. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfectly crafted sentence Mm -hmm. that has keywords in it, Mm -hmm. but reads and feels natural to the reader or um, if it's being read aloud for those with accessibility issues, right? So it sounds and feels normal. And then you can still, you want to use the, um, on Pinterest, you want to use tags. They, the tags are very specific. They don't allow you to use non-approved tags so you have to type in at, this is at the bottom mm-hmm. I, i'm literally picturing it did you see that in my mind i did <laughs> I'm, liter- I'm literally literally picturing it the keywords happen near the bottom of when you're uploading your pin okay. and you start to type in the word um, oh and then it pops right? up it, it, it pops auto populates the tags that are available. it does because okay. you can't put your own in there you can't mm. create your own tags they're all pinterest approved tags that actually makes it easier i find then i don't have to then i don't have to think so hard it, it, <laughs> it's totally true and then also it it diminishes the and we all know we've we've done the i mean i'm sure many of you have tapped something and it took you to a website that was not what it said it was oh yes i don't like that I mean, right. And and of course, Pinterest is doing the best they can to uh, diminish that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have added this specific um, keywords thing so that mm-hmm. nobody is just choosing something that is inappropriate. Right. And, and I want to remind you that if you click over and something is not what it says, and I don't mean like let's say if you're looking at a music site and or a music pin and then it goes to a piano store mm. i can see where that wouldn't be exact but but i'm saying if you click on something and it takes you to like i don't know a weight loss formula oh yes <laughs> you know like those kinds of things you can report that and may i say that you should report that nice i've had to do that there's been a few links that i've clicked and i'm like that's not what was being posted there <laughs> well uh, karen i want to thank you um first of all i as always i want to remind everybody that karen has a fantastic newsletter it's called good vibes she keeps it she keeps it uh in, in what what's your term inspo it's the inspo. It's, it's social media inspo. If you are using social media for your teaching studio and you want to get the most out of it and have best practices and 
and also have time for your family. Please <laughs> sign up for Karen's uh, newsletter. I'm going to put links in the show note. And uh, and I'm going to now I, I want to go check out some Pinterest pins. <laughs> I know, right? They're so good. I, Pinterest is the best. You can have fun and get business done at the same time. Hello, that is one-stop shopping. Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> thank you so much. You This this past year, you have just, you've just done such a great job and, and thank you for sharing and leading us in all the, the best practices for our social media. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Nikki. It is always a pleasure to speak with you and always to, I love helping out the Full Voice listeners. Post recital regrets. That is a thing. That is a big thing, unfortunately. And it's one of the things that we have to navigate in our teaching studios. And I would like to say that this isn't just something that we have to think about with young children and families. This is something that we have to follow up with our adult students, even our professional students. It is something that uh, can really... Uh, can really be an asset and help your students and your studio. So let's just talk about post-recital regrets. So I know as a seasoned performer and a seasoned teacher, and as do you, that not every performance is that walk off the stage, feel amazing about yourself. And in fact, first performances can be the most terrifying. And sadly, sometimes first performances that are a little rocky can actually become lifetime traumas for people. I have heard so many trauma stories about when I was this age, I I had to do this song. I was so nervous and it didn't go well. And that memory is burned into their existence. So we can really help our students of all ages with some productive, kind, helpful follow-up and reassurance. I think that's the biggest thing. Reassurance after a recital. Now, if you are working with children, I cannot stress this enough. This conversation should be done with families because I guarantee you, if your students have after recital sadness and regrets, I guarantee you that parents do too. If children are really nervous uh, and stressed out about a performance, then families are going to be very nervous and stressed out about a performance. It goes hand in hand. We we watch, we want as a parent, what I want is my son to succeed. I want him to have fun. I want him to learn. And I want him to have a positive experience. That is what I want as a parent. And when my son is stressed out, whether it's on the baseball mound or at school, then I am concerned and worried. So when we are talking about post-recital performances and wrapping up the year, following up with families can be so helpful. That even a little bit of reassurance and a little bit of celebration and changing the conversation from the things that you did wrong to the things that you did wonderful is so helpful. Now, unfortunately, if we don't get the opportunity to do this, this is the reason why a lot of families may pull out of your studio. If they feel at the end of the year that they just didn't see the results that they thought they were going to see, and again, this is where communication with our families is so essential. It is possible for a student or a family to do a little bit of comparing and despairing, um, and they may have they may have just been hearing their child sing at home and singing beautifully and not understanding what happens when nerves kick in and the fight or flight response shoots uh, goes off in their brain um so again this type of information can be really helpful and it can and it can really um solidify their commitment and their investment in lessons now i want to share with everybody 
Um, something uh, that I did a little while ago at my last recital before COVID hit, and that was using compliment cards. Uh, compliment cards are super simple. They're just a slip of paper with the performer's name and a place to put some nice words about their performance. I noticed a couple of things when I did this at my last in-person recital. One, um, it changed the mood. Instead of listening for flaws and, and errors and being focusing on those, asking people to listen for the beautiful moments in the song changed their everybody's energy. And the other wonderful thing that it did is it kept my little fidgety, wiggly students that get bored. It kept them busy. They were very excited to listen to their friends sing and then write a compliment for them. They were focused and then they would write their compliment. And that was super helpful because sometimes, sometimes my little ones would get a little goofy and they'd all be sitting together and they'd be giggling and I'd have to go over and say, girls, we're listening to the performance. Anyhow, so that kept them busy. Now, one of the biggest takeaways from doing the compliment cards was actually the parents, the parents' response. So I didn't just, in their follow-up lesson after the recital, I just, I didn't just just hand them the compliment cards. I actually took the time to read them aloud because I know some of my families would have just glanced at it and then tossed it in their music bag, but I wanted them to I wanted them to hear the words. I wanted them to hear the compliments. And I'm really glad that I did that because some of my families were feeling really disappointed. They weren't going to tell me they weren't going to tell me about it. The compliment cards bro opened up some fabulous conversations. And I know without sharing those compliments, I don't think the parents would have opened up about their feelings to what was happening. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I was reading the compliment cards and, um, you know, one, well, first of all, one of my little students started to cry because she really felt that she had let me down which was not the case at all. I was so proud of her. And I also had many parents who were really moved by the fact that that people were listening so intently to their child because, and one of my moms said this to me, she's like, you know, I'm really guilty for just kind of paying attention to my child and then kind of not paying attention, but this made me listen to the other performers and, and I it was a really great experience. So, the, there, the other thing that brought up, the compliment cards brought up was a conversation of, um, you know, when we first at the, at the concert, we were a little disappointed with the performance and we were trying to figure out, you know, why practicing wasn't consistent. And we, we had like some really serious thoughts about our investment in, in lessons and whether or not we would continue because practicing has been such a struggle. Now, you would hope that a family would contact you and discuss this with you prior to the end of the year. But again, the compliment cards kind of were like a doorway and opening to kind of figuring out and getting more information. And again, I was able to have a really good conversation with the family and discuss things like, you know, like, practicing and what does it look like in your home and how we can support each other and what are the expectations and all of those things. And again, um, I think, I think it was a really productive conversation and one that as a, a student in the room, a parent in the room and a teacher, I mean, we all worked together to find solutions. So if you are interested in checking out compliment cards, now, I just want to tell you, my my last recital here is going to be online because we are still in a lockdown. Um, so what we've done, now this is a lot more work. Um, and thank goodness I have an assistant, Heidi, who is helping me with this. But we are actually mailing the compliment cards to the students with a self-addressed stamped envelope in the envelope. And they're going to mail them back. And then Heidi and I are going to go through them. And then I am going to actually mail them back to my families, kind of as a nice year-end token of their efforts. And I'm going to 
follow up with them and check in on them, make sure they got them and read them and all of that stuff. So um, if you are interested in checking out or if you just want a quick download, if you go to our free resources page, thefullvoice.com forward slash free resources, there's actually two different types of compliment cards. There's long strips and then there's also little cute little uh, songbird compliment cards. And again, they are free to download. And if it's something useful in your studio, um, please take advantage of that. Now, I do want to shout out, I learned about compliment cards from Wendy Stevens from ComposeCreate.com. Wendy is a piano composer. She does amazing work. Um, and uh, so I, I read her blog about it. And um, so again, shout out to Wendy. And I've modified my compliment cards and how I use them. That works for my studio, and I'm sure that you can do the same. <sighs> I think I'm going to wrap up there. I'm going to wrap up because I've got to wrap up a whole bunch of my personal belongings and put them into boxes. Uh, my friends, thank you. If you have been listening to the podcast uh, over the last season, what an amazing season. So many amazing expert guests. And oh my goodness, I am so excited. I am so excited. I have even more expert guests coming on season six, which will start the end of August. If you haven't, please find and follow the Full Voice podcast on Instagram. We will be putting up little teasers and promotions for our sixth season. You can hear little clips from our episodes. We have a lot of fun on our Instagram. So at the Full Voice podcast, please follow and find us there. And if you would like to follow me uh, uh, at the Full Voice, um, I, I, I share lots of fun. I do Instagram lives and we share upcoming releases and I talk about teaching strategies and fun things. And, uh, there's a lot of fun on our Instagram pages. So there's two, the full voice podcast and at the full voice, please find and follow me. <sighs> my friend, my colleague, I am wishing you an amazing summer. If you're in the Northern hemisphere to my Australian friends, an amazing warm, mild winter. <laughs> but for those of you who are starting into the warm weather, I am wishing you an amazing season. And I do hope that you can safely get together with friends and sing and enjoy everything that we have been missing for so long. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Made by Canoe Music Productions.